This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9. Our gracious and loving God enables us to be gracious and loving to others. These words will serve as the basis for today's sermon. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers... For you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase. His character, Clark Griswold, is hosting a whole house full of family. At the same time, he's waiting for his annual Christmas bonus check. Well, when that bonus finally makes its late arrival, it's not in the form of a check, much to Clark's dismay. But instead, if you have seen the movie, it is a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. Cousin Eddie quipped, It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. I don't know if you're willing to acknowledge this yet, but we are less than 80 days away from Christmas. I read this past week that 30% of Americans will start their Christmas shopping during this month of October. Are you one of those nearly one-third of Americans who will start shopping this early? Whenever you start, maybe you'll want to start thinking about a gift that maybe is long-lasting, something that is a gift that keeps on giving. Maybe not a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club but perhaps something similar. Maybe it's a a subscription to Netflix or a pass to the museum or the zoo, maybe a cooking class, something that just has lasting presence in a person's life. As you are thinking about those gifts, maybe you can come up with even better ones than the ones I just listed. But the Apostle Paul gives us a far greater gift in our reading today from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, a gift that truly is one that keeps on giving. You don't know how much that meant to me. 
Those words were spoken by a person who had some transformational gift given to them. Maybe it was that unexpected gift of money that helped them in a spot where they just saw insurmountable bills and now they see a way out. Or perhaps it was the kind, gentle words that were spoken to that person who was just down in the deep pit of despair and now they notice that they're recognized and someone feels that they're worthy. Maybe it's as simple as just saying I love you to someone who seldom hears that word. You don't know how much that means to me. But you get that because you've received gifts that are like that, gifts that are just, just so great and, and beautiful, you don't even know how to put it in words, so overwhelming, you don't know how to express your thanks to someone else for that wonderful gift. Well, in today's reading, the Apostle Paul describes the gift that keeps on giving in that way. In our last verse, he says this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, what is this indescribable gift? Let's take a moment to try to describe the indescribable, right? The Apostle Paul, just prior to this in verse 14, identifies this gift as the surpassing or extraordinary measure of God's grace given to you. So this this indescribable gift is God's grace. His undeserved love for sinful people like you and me. But here's the deal. You remember that gospel account that we just heard a few moments ago? It's a somewhat familiar account of these ten men who had this gross skin disease called leprosy that Jesus healed them from. Well, after they were healed, only one of those ten men came back and gave thanks to Jesus. The other nine didn't. Well, maybe you'd like to think that you are one of the ten percenters who, because you come to church and you're a Christian, do give thanks to God on a regular basis for his grace, for his blessings in your life. But I'm guessing that the odds are much more likely that you are part of the 90% who sometimes don't give thanks to God. And I'm guessing that because I often find myself in that too. You see, even as Christian people, as people of God, we don't always give thanks to God for a whole lot of different reasons. Maybe it's laziness, or forgetfulness, selfishness, and pride. There might be times where you think that you deserve these blessings from God, and why should I give thanks to God for things I'm entitled to? Or maybe you fall into this, this wrong thinking of, I've done plenty for God. It's about time he does something for me. Or sometimes don't you just forget or not even realize just how generous God is in your life? It is so easy to take God for granted in our daily living. So how do you go from the 10% to the 90? And actually, flip that around. Go from the 90% to the 10. How do you go from ungrateful living to thankful living? Look to the one who is the first and greatest gift giver, the Lord God, who gives you the indescribable gift of his Son. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. 
Look with eyes of faith to God who took on human flesh, who lived a humble life of obedience, who died on the cross for you and loosened the grip of death as he rose from the grave and is ascended to heaven where he now sits and rules over all things, the God who is to come again. Trust in him with believing hearts that Jesus has rescued you from the depravity of your sin and taken you from eternal death of hell and has brought you to life with God. And it's not because you earned it or that you deserved it or entitled to it, but it's because God freely out of his heart of love wanted to give you this gift of salvation, to have life with him, and this only is possible through Jesus. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift of grace. The more that you get to understand the importance of that gift and, and see how that works in your hearts and lives, the more that you grow in faith, you will see generous and thankful living pour out of that life of faith. Noah, who's famous for building an ark, portrayed that kind of faith-motivated thanksgiving. You see, Noah was called on by the Lord to build this big ark upon which he and his family and a bunch of creatures were going to be kept safe during this impending worldwide flood that was going to destroy all living things. Now, it took faith for Noah to actually believe that something like that would happen. And it took faith for Noah to build this massive boat on dry ground while I'm sure his neighbors ridiculed him. And then it rained for 40 days and nights. We get tired of rain after three days. 40 days and nights, and you have to wonder how much he thought whether this was ever going to end. And then he lived and closed on that boat with his family and all those animals for over a year before the doors were finally opened and it was time for them to come out. And all that time they had to have been wondering, how much longer are we going to survive? What's going to happen? And then they come out and realize they really are the only living people left on earth. Talk about a trial of faith. And yet, what was the first thing that Noah did when he got off of that ark? He didn't go and grow a garden. He didn't go find a really nice location to start building his new home. He built an altar. And he gave thanks to God for his indescribable grace. Frustration, anger, fear, uh, stress, anxieties, uncertainties, all of those emotions I would understand at that moment. But thanksgiving? Through all of those hopeless moments and the despair and the fear, Noah trusted in God's faithfulness. And that faith moved him to respond with thanksgiving. God still gives you that same gift of his faithful love. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, 
your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The Lord who gives you life in Christ, who gives you your daily bread, is the one who will increase your store of seed. In other words, he will give you the resources, the time and talents and treasures, along with the heart of faith, to live a life of thanksgiving that is generous in the way that you serve and give to God. And as you look at God and just how generous he is in his free and full forgiveness, in his peace for heart and soul, in the very crown of life that is yours in Jesus, on top of all the blessings that he gives you each and every day for this earthly life, we see that we have so much to give thanks for, and that thankful, generous living just wants to pour out of our hearts of faith. God gave that kind of joy-filled faith to the church in Corinth, as those believers were so joyful in Christ that they wanted to share the love of God with others, and so they collected this special offering of money that they are going to give to the church in Jerusalem, which had a lot of people in need at this time. That generous, thankful living was all motivated by their love for Jesus. And the Apostle Paul described their generous giving of faith in this way. He said that it is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And so you have this church of believers that are so joyful in the grace of God in their lives that they wanted to express it in this generous gift to others who are in need. And what did those who received that generous gift do? they too were filled with joy and thanks for God's grace in their lives and it moved them to praise God and to know His grace more and more and to share the love of Jesus with more. Do you see what's happening here? God's indescribable gift of grace is a gift that just keeps on giving. A few years ago in St. Petersburg, Florida, a woman put her order in for her normal coffee, a caramel macchiato, in the drive through at Starbucks. When she pulled up to the window to pay for her drink, the barista informed her that her order had already been paid for. The lady in front of her in line that day had paid for her drinks too. Well, that kind and generous act just touched that woman's heart, and she said, well, let me pay for the drinks of the, the people behind me in line. And that started an 11-hour day in which 378 people in a row paid for the order of the person behind them in line. That one generous and kind gift was a gift that just kept on giving. And I think that the life with Christ is just like that. You know, God has given us the tremendous gift of forgiveness and life in Christ Jesus. And as children of God, called his very own, we want to share that good news and that grace of God with the people in our lives as we generously and thankfully serve the Lord and others. And that happens in so many different ways. Maybe it's as simple as the volunteers who are at next door in the Grace Center cooking up and serving pancakes for you to enjoy this morning as God's church family. 
you got to go have some pancakes and, and food after this service, okay? They're serving God and, and you. Or it's like the, the group of believers gathered here on this corner of Milwaukee back in 1900 who raised $75,000 to build this church building so that God's grace could be proclaimed to many future generations of which you are now here benefiting from their gifts of God's grace. And soon we will have, as a new generation, an opportunity to share our gifts of grace in a building project that will continue to serve generations of people with God's grace. Gifts that just keep on giving. It's your generous prayers and offerings that go to support the spread of the gospel in new cities around our country and the world as we plant new churches. And from personal experience, I can't tell you how much small churches like that are so thankful to God for the gifts of grace and support that come from established churches like ours so that the gospel can be proclaimed in those places. It's how you share Jesus in the way that you speak and act and serve the needs of others around you because you're so thankful for Jesus and you want to share that love with others. And those people get to see the grace of God and praise him for that surpassing gift of grace upon you. You know, the beautiful thing about this gift is that you don't have to wait 77 more days to get it on Christmas Day. This gift of God's grace and mercy, the full and free forgiveness in Christ and the crown of life is yours today and always. And it truly is a gift that keeps on giving in your life each and every day. And also as you give that grace of God to many others, that they too can praise God for his gift of grace. Thank God for this indescribable gift. more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.